At Farmers Insurance, we know the sound of a perfect hot air balloon landing. And a less than perfect one. Seen it, covered it. Click for more. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen, and you are listening to the Makers of Minnesota podcast. And we have a very special opportunity today to talk to a student who is a maker. Actually, we're talking to Harrison Collins, and you are officially not a student anymore. No you are more. a graduate of I'm FIT. Done. I'm done. Super excited. Welcome to the program, Harrison. Oh, thank um, you. I just, okay, so you are a friend of a friend, son. Right. And I remember her, like, kind of panicking <laughs> when you were in high school. She was like, oh, I'm my son, I don't think he's going to go to college. He doesn't know what he wants to do. And you were just this very directed kid that came to the, your parents and said, like, oh, by the way, I think I want to design clothing. And yet you'd never actually design anything at the time that you told her this. Exactly. How old were you when you first were like, wow, this is what I think I want to do? Um, well, I was I was about junior year high school and I knew that I didn't want to do anything traditional and I wanted to kind of find my own path. And through that, we just happened to be going to New York on a like a family vacation yep. in, in, in spring break. And I was like, wow, how do I how do I stay here? I want to I want to live here and. Um, kind was of it the a, city that attracted you or was it the idea that you would be making things like did you really think you were going to be a clothing designer right yeah like the whole lifestyle of it like just like walking through like on this like prince and mercer and soho it's like how do i how do i live here like how what is what is the path to get me here and um essentially like um i would do projects and um kind of just like figure out kind of how to find my voice as a fashion designer. Um, and that like through doing like uh, tie dyed hoodies or something like that's some like a project that I did in high school. And um, I visited FIT. It was the only school I applied to got in and two years later, two years later. Okay. Let's here, just stop there for a second now. though. So you're in high school mm-hmm. and you're going to design these hoodies. And yeah. when you were designing them, did you really have it in your mind that like this is the beginning of a career of being a fashion designer or were you just screwing around? Not totally screwing around. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think that I don't think the hoodies did well at all. It was just kind of like like a, a project and I said yes to it. And um, you never know where those projects lead you. And it uh, kind of gave me like a, a, like a more direct, like a point, a starting point, gave okay. me a starting point. And, and when, from there, I went on and do new projects, and I spent about a year on my portfolio to get me to the position where I can apply for the menswear program at FIT. And um, and when you, I just I still don't fully understand because I'm a super just like linear person. I'm not creative at all. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you have the guts or the balls or whatever <laughs> it takes for you to be like a junior in high school and to think I'm going to apply to FIT because. I'm sorry, but at this point, I don't think you've sewn anything. <laughs> no, I've, I really like, I had to sew three garments for my um, portfolio, but besides that, I hadn't sewn anything. How did you learn how to sew? I don't even think I did it right. <laughs> so, like, I probably did it completely wrong, but it, it turned out, I guess. And Did you buy a sewing machine? I had my mom's home sewing machine. She happened to have a sewing machine, and I uh, bought the patterns from, like, whatever you call it, the or uh, Joanne Joanne's. Fabric. Yeah, I okay. bought a pattern, pattern from Joanne's and um, kind of just figured it out. And then I, I that's kind of what FIT focuses on is is the construction. And you do a lot of sewing at school. And I kind of just fell in love with it. Kind of just 
just getting your hands dirty and actually like sewing and creating the garments that you are designing. It's, it's um, almost seems lost in, in what, what I see like now. Like, okay. It's not, so still backing up. Yeah. yeah you yeah. teach yourself how to sew mm. with your mom's sewing machine and right. some pattern you get at Joanne Fabrics. Yeah. You make a portfolio mm-hmm. and at this point, and just be completely honest, are you kind of crapping your pants thinking that you're really trying to do this? Yes. How did you know like that college wasn't for you? I just didn't want to, I didn't want to go to a four-year school. I didn't want to do that whole party lifestyle, kind of like I see a lot of it. Um, I wanted to get out of Minnesota. I wanted to see something different. I wanted to live a different lifestyle. Just, just, I want, I saw, I, I got the taste of it. On that spring break, yeah, and I was like, I need to come back, like, like the like almost like an adrenaline rush, like I need to go here, yeah, like an and, energy or yeah. a feeling. Oh, just an energy. And I did a I did a week long class at FIT where it was kind of like I did like just some random class they had over the summer. It was like maybe like a drawing class or something. I was just like, I'm gonna go live in New York for a week. And I was like, yep, this is it. I'm gonna I'm gonna come here. Okay, so you're working on your portfolio and. The thing that has always struck me about you is, like, you just do stuff, and your mom and dad are like, yeah, I don't know, he's just doing this <laughs> stuff. Did you, like, think that you would really get into FIT when you applied? It's tough, man, because it's, it's the, the menswear program there is, like, 30 kids, and that's, they have that for, they have two years of menswear program, and so, like, at through the entire school, there's, like, 60 menswear kids, and about 10 of them drop off every year, so I didn't even realize how exclusive it was but they saw something in me in me and um i think that what really helped me was i was um i had kind of like a point of view and my point of view um kind of translated into something that they recognized so um yeah i was just so super grateful and so i'm digging back into my um what was that fashion show uh, project runway mm. i'm digging into my project runway right here so <laughs> a point of view so what how would you describe as you're going into fit which we should say it's fashion institute of technology yeah. for those people that don't know mm-hmm. what is your point of view that you're expressing with your clothing when you're getting ready to go to the program right at the time I really didn't know and i that this is where like fit like accelerated my learning it it, it put me in a position where uh, my professors would be like oh so we have this huge project um and it's due on tuesday so it's like you have tonight and tomorrow night to finish it so like you just have like just through repetition and um being i was just honestly terrible when i began so just being bad and being around students like we had students in our class that were on their second or third education where I'm picking up stuff, not only from the professors, but from the people that I'm around, Yeah, which was super, super helpful. And I'm grateful for the, just meeting those people there and um, I'm finding my point of view through these two years. And by the end of it, I feel like I'm ready. Um, I get my inspiration a lot from just like conversations that I'll have or like all kind of like experiences and in and put them like in a bottle with a with a lid on it and then open them up later in my head and kind of um go through it that way that's kind of a cool way to think about that so could you give me an example of something that you bottled up and then later on revisited like a like maybe a summer experience like um maybe a summer ago i had a friend come out for like a week and um just like showing this person 
hey, this is New York. Like, yeah. Like, or this like, is the city. this is the city. Or um, just a conversation that I'll have on the phone with, uh, I have a buddy that I call like twice a week and get it on our, our phone calls and just talk about what's going on. He lives here still. And um, I'll get a lot of inspiration from that. Or um, we went, I went up to a buddy's cabin over the winter break and like, got out of the city for like, I had been in the city for maybe a year and a half and came back for Christmas or whatever. And just the drive up there, like an hour and a half drive, looking out out the window and having conversations with these friends of mine that were my best friends in high school. And I left and came back a year later and just, just that energy kind of like, and, and bottle that up. And then when I get back to New York, I, 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 I take the lid off and get that energy again and uh, go from there. And what did you make out of that energy? Did you make something tangible? Yeah. So the the project that that I'm I am essentially done with now is this this project I've been working on for about a year, um, and I'm debuting it at um, Wilson and Willie's on the ninth. Um, and the ethos behind that was um, kind of finding this this middle ground between a masculine and feminine design and essentially what that means is like a masculine design appeals to men generally speaking and a feminine design appeals to women and i'm trying to find the through line between the two and how i do that is i take like a menswear base where everything's made in flat pattern and try and add something that you would see in like a woman's wear garment like maybe uh like a sequence trim i have these basketball shorts where it's where I'm I'm taking the Bulls, like the Chicago Bulls basketball short, and kind of taking that design and putting it, um, maybe a little bit more feminine. And um, so you're conscientiously trying to explore the blurred line exactly. of, and it's not, I guess, maybe it's sexuality because you yeah. express your femininity or your masculinity really through your sexuality, I guess, mm-hmm. but. What's I mean, in your generation, we are learning that so much of what potentially is masculine or feminine or even sexual is mm-hmm. so fluid. Exactly. And yeah. is that the lever that you're trying to push? Exactly. Yeah, that's that's like the ethos behind everything. And that's where um, that's where I'm finding my like my inspiration is is through like even figures like maybe like a Frank Ocean or Dennis Rodman. Like sure. they they also blur the line. Sure. And I'm kind of like. What maybe I'm the third of those two. Like I'm like kind of trying to find my position there and push the push the boundaries and see just how people respond. And women push the boundaries in fashion and will adopt masculine elements a lot, mm-hmm. but we don't see it as much with men in the masculine pushing that feminine lever. Right. So that's unique. Yes. Yeah. Is it um like when you're in your school setting and you're talking to your designer friends, is that something that's well received? I think so. My professor, like I brought this idea to my professor and he was like, yeah, that's on trend. Like that's something that's, that's a conversation right now. So like it's already like, it's there. It's, I could see that in the marketplace right now. Um, and he responded positively to it. And so I, I just ran with it. I came to him that with that idea, maybe at the beginning of this year. And, um, I ended up putting up a, putting a present presentation together and then bringing it home over winter break to bring to, uh, a mentor of mine, John at Wilson and Willie's, and he he loved it, and he gave me the approval, and I just ran with it. Tell me about Wilson and Willie's, and why that store in particular appealed to you. 
so John, uh, John Moody, the owner there, is is a mentor of mine, and um, and I should point out that Chuck Moody is his dad, exactly. who yep. is the reinvigorator of Faribault yep. Woolen Mills yep. and that company, and they've been so great at yep. bringing that back. Yes, very successful, and um, John is uh, forever grateful for what John is doing for me, and um, he's given me the infrastructure to show something that I've created, and he does this to, for many other people too. So it's kind of it's. Uh, and in my in the hometown, coming back from New York to show kind of what um, everything that I learned out there. So. so you're having a show Saturday, June 9th from 11 to 7. Yep. And you're going to be showing your pieces. Mm-hmm. Now, you had a show also at Stone Arch Festival last right. year, yep. which was pretty cool. You had like a lounge created yeah. and some pieces. Mm-hmm. What I don't understand about these shows, Harrison, mm-hmm. is are do people go there to buy the stuff? Like what help me understand, like right now you seem like an artist and you're making these expressions of art. Mm -hmm. Where does the line go then into like, this is a business and I'm manufacturing these garments and you can buy them. Exactly. So everything there is for sale, everything that will be there for sale. And I feel the, the thing that, that last project that you, that you mentioned. Yep. The one at Stone Arch. The one at Stone Arch was a very big learning experience for me because I saw what people responded to. I saw what what garment someone picked up. Like, like there's there's this jacket that I eventually sold. It was sold. a really cool jacket. Yeah, and and um, it was everybody picked it up, and I was like, I need to do more of that. And that was such a great learning experience. And I had a buddy of mine do that with me, Tyler. He he was, I think, he was the most creative kid in our class, and he came through with an, a half. Like, I came to him with an idea. We built both built upon it. We had our both point of views on the idea, and we came together maybe three or four months later with like 10, 15 garments, and we put it together in the show. Um, back to your point where where does this become a business is um, I don't have the infrastructure for a business right now. I don't have any money. I'm a student, just graduated. So um, this is these are just garments that I've created for the past year, either in projects or, or on the weekends by myself. Um, and everything will be for sale. There's only one size of everything. Everything's one of just there's just one of every, yeah, yeah just one original I made it I made the pattern I sewed it and um, if someone sees something at the show and they want it in a size yeah. twelve like mm. would you then make Pro- it I'm probably just, not probably okay. not this is one time one time kind of thing um, maybe in the next project I'll have okay I'll have more <laughs> so you're you've been really working hard towards yeah. this showcase this designer event mm-hmm. now because this is. In some, like I talk to a lot of people that are making things and it kind of goes from they're interested in this hobby and then it becomes a business and they use places like farmer's markets and pop-ups to sort of get a sense. And you've done that in the Stone Arch example. Now where, like, do you go and work for, in your perfect world, do you go work for a menswear company? Do you continue on your own and cobble together enough money and resources to get material to actually make stuff to sell? What do you see as your next step? So all these projects to me are kind of like a domino effect where starting from those hoodies in high school that I made that tie-dyed, then knocked over a domino. And then I was like, oh, maybe I want to put together a portfolio to go to New York. And then now I'm eventually here where... This is just just one of my passion projects that will hopefully lead to like a dream job or more career goals. And right now, I'm working part time at at um at a, a independent menswear brand, Corridor, okay. 
Um, and we're still finding my, my, my position there, but uh, I'll be doing that part time. It was a, a place that I interned at and sure. um, Dan gave me the opportunity and I jumped on it and we, we uh, work very well together. So uh, I'll be there part time. I'll head back to New York next week and that's where I'll be. Besides that, um, I'm still opportunity hunting. Um, I haven't exactly nailed down what the next step is as far as going maybe on a corporate route, um, seeing what that structure is like, or kind of like bootstrapping my own company. It's 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 kind of like I'm at that 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 fork in the road where you where you either go to a corporate comfortable job or bootstrap something from zero, and I'm very excited and. Um, yeah, it's gonna it's it's gonna be fun. Have you thought like, all right, so parents aside, car payments aside, yeah. rent aside, yeah. if you could just like pick your journey right now, would you just bootstrap it and yeah. do it yourself? I can see that yeah. in your eyes when oh, you're talking yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The the end goal is well, not even the end goal, but I would love to have my own company and have my own um, like design house and. Uh, a design team and um, that's kind of what I'm that's kind of the that's the that's the target right now so well for a kid that taught himself to sew with his mom's sewing machine (laughs) and some weird Joanne fabric pattern I feel like you know it could be worse yeah no yeah it's very exciting and it's all about the process too so I'm enjoying every step of it and how do you like I guess if you're gonna bootstrap and you have to buy material like for to create a garment let's Mm -hmm. say Mm mm-hmm like how much does it take? Like, is it like all well, these things cost you about a thousand bucks by the mm. time it's all said and done? Yeah. Is that about the, the number? Oh yeah. It all depends on your quantities as well. And essentially what a designer is, is just solving problems in a very structured way. So what your job is, is we need this shirt and we have this much money. Can you make it? Yeah. Like, so like that's essentially your job as a designer and, and, and the better the designer you are, the, the better you solve these problems. I thought it was cool. Um, something your mom told me that, you know, when you were at college and you were trying to pay your way, mm-hmm. that there's these kids that go to Parsons, which mm-hmm. is straight design, mm-hmm. and they don't know how to sew their stuff. Yeah. And so they would hire you as a sewer. Mm. One of the things that I've seen over and over again in this maker world is that there are very few skilled sewers. And a lot of the skilled sewers are people that are taught and they tend to be potentially immigrant populations. And there's this whole need for manufacturing in the United States. We can talk about it, but unless we have a skilled workforce exactly. that can do it, it doesn't really matter. Exactly. I I wonder if like that is a way to appeal and maybe that becomes the business model is yep. you get a sewing group together exactly. and you become the sewers and then that a lot. Have you, you're thinking about yep. this already? Oh, you took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, me and a couple of buddies have been thinking about this. We'll probably keep it quiet for now. But um, this is a podcast. It might get yeah. some people to listen. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no that that's absolutely the 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 starting point is to get um, talented people that can sew because these products need to be need to come to life. So. It's it's all about. Um, I I personally think that uh, made in America is 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 something to be prideful about, and um, the infrastructure is is not as as large as compared to like China or something like sure, that. Like sure. 
even even though like made in america doesn't necessarily mean it's better it's 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 kind of like like the pride and um that's definitely something that that could be built on it sort of stands for like a certain amount of ingenuity right exactly like you think about the old levi strauss company and mm-hmm. i don't know jw hume is a local leather goods manufacturer and um well, there are people that have been on this podcast that have talked about needing sewers. So yeah. maybe maybe that is a collective that <laughs> will get put together. Yeah. Um, thanks for spending time with me today. Yeah, it's thank really you for fun to me. hear what your next steps are. Yeah. And um, as you think about how to take this maker passion and turn it into um, a dream, you know, you've got the education now and it's just taking that to the next level. Yeah. Um, are there designers you admire? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Uh, a design house that I try and, that I think is like one of the most successful is Comme de Garçon. I try and uh, just see that everything that they do and they, they do you it say right. Say again, at, Comme de Garçon? Comme de Garçon, yes. Okay. Um, they, they just kill it, I think. And they had a, um, it's a, it's an old company. It's It's been around for a while, but um, that's definitely, I find uh, not even, not even just design, but just the way that they run their company, I feel is very successful. Neat. Um, when you look at like, do you look at Instagram and mm-hmm. are you social media? Is that like giving you ideas or are you irritated by the whole thing? I only have Instagram and I try and stay off as much as possible. I feel like it's necessary in my industry that you're on the Instagram, seeing what people are doing, seeing what's going out, seeing how people sell things. But I, it just gives me a headache every time. So I try it's, and stay yeah, off Yeah, my of husband it. is a writer and yeah. he's trying to get published and... He reads a lot, but he has to be careful about what he reads because mm-hmm. if he reads something in the genre that he's working in, it just sort of clouds his brain and yeah, he gets he starts to question what are his ideas and what mm-hmm. he's read and yeah. does it feel like that? Yeah, and that and I just try not to be on it. It's just the feedback loop is is only self serving and trying. It's just I feel like the the less I'm on it, the better. So. Yeah, but. Um, when you one other question, and then I'll let you get going here. Mm-hmm. When you look at the world of pop culture. You mentioned like Frank Ocean. You mentioned mm-hmm. um, Dennis Rodman. Mm-hmm. Are there other people that you think have just an innate sense of style that you admire? Mm, yeah, I, I, I think that all the students that I was around inspire me almost more than anything. Like just the kids in my class alone. Uh, I, I saw trends start there and get picked up from the kids in my class and um, I feel like the kind of that's kind of like the starting point for all everything that's like cool is at the schools and the students that create. It um, always kind of has been, right? Yeah. I mean, it's the and young then, people yeah. that in the music scene mm-hmm. and and music and fashion and art and how that kind of all mm-hmm. intersects, right? Yeah. Um, do you do you do other art other than design? Um, not really. I th- I think that my designs. Like I, I see myself a designer because essentially I feel like a designer is just a problem solver. So I think I'm really good at solving problems, and uh, all my des- like design needs to work. Like it has a purpose, opposed to art, which is, um, like yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. more of a feeling or an yeah, expression. like a feeling or expression or emotion. Like yep. like the design, like a T-shirt needs to work. It needs to have two armholes and a and a and a place to put your head through. Like this, there's a like there's a there's a a starting point. There. Yeah, you know and then I mean? you're just elaborating and then you, on that. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, it's been very fun to talk to you. Thank you. Uh, good luck at the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. At Farmers Insurance, we know a roof can withstand a lot. 
One exception being an airborne car. Seen it, covered it. Click for more. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. An F-16 pilot having hydraulic problems with his aircraft managed to parachute to safety as the plane smashed into a warehouse east of Los Angeles. Fire Captain Fernando Herrera. That pilot landed in the uh, March Air Force Base area. In the base itself. Amazingly, there were no serious injuries after the plane hit the building. Alabama executed a man last night for his role in killing four people after an argument over a pickup truck. Tennessee executed a man who killed his wife. Reporters couldn't see the execution, but AP correspondent Travis Lawler says... We could hear sounds, uh, including a singing that uh, uh, Mr. Johnson's attorney says was him singing a hymn. Answering a reporter's question, President Trump said he hopes the U.S. is not on a path to war with Iran. Mr. Trump has dismissed suggestions that any of his advisors are trying to push him into a conflict. I'm Rita Foley.